Good morning. It's good to see everyone and good to be back for this Labor Day weekend, um, a time when we just recognize that maybe we think about as the end of summer. Um, what else do we think about with Labor Day? Any ideas? School buses? What, what changes after Labor Day? You have to put your white pants away? What else? My, parents get their sanities back or moms get their sanities back um, because the school buses. Um, I want to share before we officially start, because this isn't very worshipful, I want to share some things about Labor Day. The very first Labor Day was in 1882 in New York City, and um, it came about because of uh, the way people were working back then. They worked seven, 10 to 12 hour days, and they were as young as 12 and there was no reprieve. There were no days off. There was nothing. And so there was a huge strike. And the decision was made just in New York City to uh, proclaim that there would be a day when all workers would have a day off. So the first Monday in September was um, assigned, of all things, Labor Day. Uh, really, it should have been day off or free day, not Labor Day. Um, and... I just, I'll just tell you one more thing about Labor Day. Do you know that the origin of no more white clothes after Labor Day was made up by some of the fashion industry um, so that when it came after Labor Day, if you didn't know that you weren't supposed to be wearing white pants after Labor Day, then you didn't know anything because you were one of those people who didn't know about fashion. And so one of the um, designer fashion people in just recently said, white after Labor Day is fabulous. So go and wear whatever you like after Labor Day. Um, as we turn to this time of worship, um, the peace of the Lord be with you. And may it be so with all of us gathered here as we come from all places and all types of work and rest and play this weekend into this space where we can uh, worship the God who made us and who told us that we should rest. Let's pray. Lord, we are so glad to be here, whether people are here online or people are here in this space. We give you thanks for a place, a safe place, to come and worship your holy name. May we find joy, may we find comfort, may we find your spirit in this time of worship. May we see our friends and see those who need friends as you open us and help us to see all that is around us. We pray and give thanks and have hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I think we're going to stand up and sing. Right? <laughs> we're going to come together and sing, Come Christians, Join to Sing.
especially, sometimes we find that we're overwhelmed by the pain of the world. We want to turn off the evening news and turn out those stories of human suffering. But God really calls us to pay attention to those around us, to do more than simply give to worthy causes, to do more than pray the situation into God's hands. Our faith is to be lived by our righteous actions that we might resist that wickedness and avoid condemnation for our lack of compassion. We are challenged to meet the needs of others, to reach out from our hands and our hearts, to provide for the real human needs of others. When our financial gifts are used to support mission and ministry, we see other people blessed in very tangible ways. Our desire is to place God first. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, May this offering be a time when we do place you first and when we're grateful for the opportunities to support mission and ministry in your name. We pray for the one through for whom all things are possible. Amen.
Heavenly Father, we present all of our labors to you, our gifts, our service, our talents. Please accept our offering and help us be your hands and feet in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Will you please join your hearts with mine in prayer? Lord, you know how great our needs are. In these difficult times when homes are being lost, families are experiencing stress, children are going back to school, our teachers and the staff are unsure of what's coming forward. Bring your healing love to us. Help us place our trust in you. Remind us again of how you transform each of our lives, not just with healing, but with your spirit of hope and compassion. Keep us hopeful. Teach us not to give up when things are going wrong. Give us a faith that can move mountains. Give us hearts that are ready to be of service to others in all times and all places. In our hearts, we have lifted up people in situations which concern us. We've asked for your hand of healing. Father, remind us that that same healing hand rests on each of us also. Enable us to be the people of compassion and trust. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Today's scripture is from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil. This is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here's a question. When you go to work, do you always feel a gladness of heart when your alarm goes off and you're ready to head out the door? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, this is an interesting time to reflect on what is the work that we do to earn a living and to pay the bills? What is the work that the Lord has given us which then can fill us with a sense of joy? Sometimes... They go together, and that is the best scenario for us who serve the Lord with gladness. Now, uh, let me just ask you a question, 
and this is meant for you to answer. What? It doesn't matter whether you're working in whatever place um, or if you're retired. Most retired people are still working. They might be taking care of children. They might be working part-time. They might be doing a variety of things. So my question is, what are the tools that you're using in your current, whatever kind of work you find yourself in? What's that? Sewing machine? Computers? A tablet? What else? Camera? Oh, that's a, that's a job. Yep, keeping your wife happy. What else? What else do we use in whatever work it is that we do? Car? Our hands? Our what? Our brains and our homes, I think I heard back here. Oh, phones. Oh, phones. And our hearts. Well, I just want to take a minute, less than a minute, to just ask us to pause and let me pray a blessing on those tools. So join with me. Lord, bless all the tools we use in the work that you have given us, the work that pays our bills, or the work that calls us in joy and love. The hands, the hearts, the homes, the phones, the computers, the minds, the eyes, the cameras, the musical instruments, the tablets. We ask you to bless them all. That as the sewing machine binds things together, that our work will bind us closer to you in some way that we don't always know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. People for generations have worked. And the very first job that was ever assigned in the Bible comes at the very beginning because Adam is told that he must take care of the garden. This is before they eat whatever piece of fruit they eat. Did you know that the word apple isn't there anywhere? They eat just a piece of fruit. But it's before original sin, and they, um, Adam is invited to take care of this garden. So that was the first job that God gave us. We often think about work. How young were you when you first started working for money? 12? 13? What kind of work did you do at 12? Lawn work? No, go ahead. You did your grandmother's ironing. What? Picked up garbage. What else did you do when you were too young to officially work? Paper roots and a variety of things that, that I'm hearing from you. And so in our country, when if you ever travel to New England, one of the things you'll find there are um, fabric mills, and historically those mills, um, girls were brought to these mills, they were housed 
in a dormitory there, and they toiled, literally, in these mills for 10, 11, 12 hours a day. And they lived there, so there was no getting them from home. They were already basically housed in these dormitories, and they worked in these fabric mills all day, probably almost every day. It depended on the situation as to whether they observed a Sabbath or not. And considering some of the Christian principles that our country was formed on, you would have thought that they would have respected that one great commandment um, that God gave us. That was often not the case. And children, uh, boys, girls, young adults uh, worked endless hours to simply pay to exist. And a lot of these people that were working were people who were, um, didn't have necessarily skills. Obviously, if you're 12, you haven't developed a set of skills yet. So it's just your body that's being used to do this work. These are often people who um, have little sources of income, maybe are recent immigrants from other countries and are brought in and they are desperate for money to live. So the question becomes for us, what is our attitude towards the kind of work that we do? And are there different kinds of work? In 2 Timothy 1, um, verse 13 and 14, so keep at your work, this faith and love rooted in Christ exactly as I set it out for you. It's as sound as the day you first heard it from me. Guard this precious thing placed in your custody by the Holy Spirit who works for us. Work is integrated into scripture from beginning to end. The question becomes, as we look at this day of relief from labor... You might be interested to know that it's one of the days in the calendar year when more people work longer hours than any other time of the year. Why? What happens over Labor Day weekend in retail? Sales. I think, I once heard, I think, I could, this could be Memorial Day, but mattresses and things like that go on big sales over Labor Day. When you have been fully employed, doesn't mean full-time, but fully employed, have you found yourself working for the love of work or working because you need to um, pay the bills? How many people have worked for the love of what they're doing? How many people have worked at jobs simply because they help to pay the bills? It comes and goes. I mean, my first job was picking blueberries. I'm telling you, I didn't do it for the love of it. But it got me my first pair of jeans. So the next job was picking up potatoes after one of those machines that goes down the field and rolls them out. You know, I didn't do that more than once. But, um, <laughs> but it wasn't because I was afraid of hard work. It was that it was just not what I had time or effort um, to do. I want us to think about then for the times in which our work feels like work. 
How is it as we honor this day that was proclaimed throughout the country as a day without labor? Is the work that God calls us to the kind of work that needs to be escaped from? Or is it the kind of work that gives us a sense of purpose and maybe joy? Anybody? Maybe you're still thinking about, well, what is it that God has me doing that would give me that sense of joy and space and energy? Because when our, our gifts and what God has asked us to do align, it's amazing what happens. It's amazing how not tedious it becomes. It's amazing how we are more willing to use our energy, more willing to invest because it gives us a sense of being more vitally alive. I've talked to people who visit people in nursing homes and homes and they might be very weary after a day of doing their money earning work but when they go to these places and they go in then when they come out there's a little lift in their step and there's so many other different things it could be wait on the prayer list it said that this was a need let me stop a minute and offer God prayer for that. Or maybe it's when you hear that someone's praying for you, and it gives you that sense of, wow, I'm cared for. I believe that the way that God interprets and the way we read about work in the scriptures can inform us for good and not for a sense of, oh, they asked me to serve on another committee. Oh, I'll do it. Um, it's a more of a sense of how is it that God wants me to serve? Because whether it's a job, a calling that you're aspiring to, whether it's someplace or somewhere where you feel like there's this inclination to go in that direction, it's different when it's the work that God has called us to do. And throughout, when, when Jesus sent the disciples out, there is no question that when he sent them out walking on their own two feet, that they were going to be working, going from place to place to place. But what were they asked to do? Preach the good news, baptize, um, pray with people, pray for healing experiences for people. And the disciples were excited. Now, having said this, it's not that I think that we should work all the time. Because I think that just as we heard a few weeks ago about taking Sabbath rest, this is one of those weeks where, depending on what you do and where you work, you get another day. Anybody have to work tomorrow? Oh, I'm so sorry. But thank you, Jesus, that the rest of you do not have to work. So what do we do with the time that God has given us? Do we go in our scattered directions and get the lawn mowed, get the pool cleaned, get the, the weeds out? Because, you know, I don't know about at your house, but at my house, while I was on vacation, they said, woohoo, and there are weeds everywhere. And I'm just looking at them right now. 
I'm partnering with them in their celebration of growth. As long as they don't hurt my tomatoes, then they're good. Sometimes we have to take some time to just be. Sometimes that just being might be for you gardening. That might be a place where you feel alive and nurtured. You might have a meal with just yourself, but I want you to know that according to my information on Labor Day, seven surprising Labor Day facts, I just want you to know that as of the end of day Monday, no more hot dogs. It's the end of hot dog season. There you go. End of hot dogs on Monday, so you better eat a lot of them. And of course, that's not something that's binding for us. No more than white pants after Labor Day. I would love for us in this season of chaos, in this season of worry, every year this time of year, except for last year and this year, I have been called to go with Children's Disaster Services to go to places like where Ida has struck, where flooding has happened, where refugees from Afghanistan are coming into our country to help care for the children. And people think, wow, that's really hard. And I think, thank you, God, that you have called me for such a time as this to do that because it isn't work. It's an honor. But it doesn't mean that when I come home, I don't need a Labor Day. I, it doesn't mean that I, as, as anybody else, wouldn't need a day of rest. Because it's in that day that we take and find space, and it doesn't have to be tomorrow. If you're retired, I asked my friend who just retired July 1st, I said, so what are you doing? Well, anything I want. But I find that many people who are retired are finding other ways to use their gifts to express what God has given them. It's like a new chapter of their life. Painting, taking care of grandchildren, um, and doing some of those kinds of things. Traveling and enjoying life. And sometimes working to have the money to do those kinds of things. But I believe that God intended us, just like the people who said we can't do any more. We live in a time and a culture where, as Jennifer said in the prayer, we do need to turn off the bad news. We need to turn it off in ways that we can tune ourselves to God and only visit the news. I believe we should be well-informed, but I don't believe that we should absorb impact after impact after impact of the suffering in the world. Because I think that God wants us, when God says to take a Sabbath rest, God is inviting us to take some time to see the good, to take some time to just rest, whatever that looks like for you. For me, it might be reading a book. For me, it might be spending time with friends and family. Sometimes, it's not doing anything at all. Some of you can't survive doing nothing. I get that. So what then is rest for you? And where then do you connect with the God who created you out of the dust of the earth, created you in God's image, 
and then blessed you on your way in this life. What do you need? I think people, depending on who they are and where they are, need to know you are doing the best you can. And maybe that feels like not much. Maybe you have sort of been beaten down by all the woes of the world and the revisiting of COVID and the illnesses and the uh, job disappointments or the job overwork or whatever it might be. Maybe you're overwhelmed. I know people are struggling sometimes with depression or anxiety or things like that. You know, I have a granddaughter that desperately wants to be born, and I'm just going to tell you, no matter what the Bible says about not worrying, I worry. You know, she's 2,000 miles away, and I worry. But I don't worry in a way that paralyzes me. I worry in a way that says, for today... Here's what I can do, and here's what I can't do. So God bless me in this space to comfort my concerns about her, and my daughter, and this little baby. For you, whatever it is that you're reaching for in your life, for such a time as this, hold it together with God. You know, we Americans were built and we, lit, we created a culture of cowboys. I can do it. I'm strong. I'm tough. We were the hard workers, the laborers who built things and had a, a great work ethic and a great faith ethic. But sometimes that gets us into a place where we go and we go and we go, or we think we should, so when we can't, we feel like we're a disappointment to others and to ourselves. My sense is that when in this passage, this is the message version of the passage from Ecclesiastes. After looking at the way things are on this earth, here's what I've decided is the best way to live. Take care of yourself. Find some ways to have fun. Have a good time. Make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. Yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's gift. God deals out joy in the present, the now, and sometimes it hurts us more. We think about how long we have to do this, or how hard the work is that we've been given. It gives God joy that you just exist. And maybe the gift you can give yourself is to clear out the to-do list. Maybe Labor Day is a time of starting over. And you look at your long to-do list, you look at the list you've given your spouse in your head or on paper, and may re revisit it. Maybe say, out of these five things, only one is really important. Maybe you look around your home and your life and you say, 
God has given me this, and I thank God for it. And not everything is right or all right. But right now, standing in this place, I can give thanks to God for the work I've been given, for the call on my life. And please, oh Lord, let me find you in the spaces and places where I stop and look and wonder and even rest or play. It's not easy for people. And I'm saying let's stretch a little bit. Find the connections, the places, and the ways where God says, this is all I need from you. And you have everything it takes. And for some days, like tomorrow or another day, just be. The world will not be disappointed if you take a day of pause. How many people actually believe that? I have, I'm, I'm, let's see, I'm a work in progress. Um, and some of that involves trusting other people to pick up what you can or can't do. Sometimes it's recognizing that as God has created us and given us a path in this life, God has also given us permission to pause. Because the strike that caused Labor Day to be proclaimed into a holiday some eight years, six or eight years later after 1882, when it became a national holiday, was a place of severe exhaustion and desperation. Because that's what happens to God's people if they find themselves driven and driven and driven and driven. And we live in a time and a culture that rewards people being driven. I'm hoping to count on those of you who are retired who are going to tell me it's not like that in retirement. No, you don't feel that way. I'm sure some of them would and some of them wouldn't. Friends, you are beloved. And God's plan for you is good for both what you do with your hands and your work and what you do when you simply rest, play, read, swim, walk, sit and watch TV. Yes, you heard your pastor say it's okay to sit and watch TV. Uh, you might find me doing it at some point um, because that's a great way for me to just kind of Take away the worries of the world is either go into a book or go into TV, and then I'm not holding so tightly the woundedness of the world. This idea of Labor Day and why it came to be is something that is, I believe, helpful when we look at how we look at what we do. Because Labor Day pays tribute to the contributions and achievements of workers. Um, and it is a time of symbolizing the end of summer. But who needs summer to rest? Those of you who work full time, does the end of summer actually change anything other than you get a day off tomorrow? It's disappointing for some people that this might be the last three-day weekend that we have for a while, but the reality is, is that God never intended for us to be driven. 
obsessed with to-do lists. Working, 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 working. And some people do that whether they're retired or working full-time. They just work all the time. One might ask the question, why? Why would someone work 24 hours a day or 20 hours a day? What would God want from that? My hope is that some of that is a gift from God and it gives life and hope and breath. Otherwise, I would say, find a way to let it be. We were not intended to labor day after day after day after hour after hour. And I'm grateful for the reminders that we give each other. So, when have you taken some time off? When have you gone to see a beloved family member who's far away? When have you gone to visit a family member who's in the next town or down the road a bit? I don't think God really gets the I don't have time when it comes to people we love. And I am happy to remind you, as I hope you are happy to remind me, that God's purpose for us is connection, yes, work, joy in the Lord, and hope. So in all the other times, maybe we, may we be there for one another. Having been saved through grace, may we rest in it and know that it's okay for us to just take a day. Let's pray. Lord, we are your people. We try to be your people. And we want to save the world. We want to save the church. We want to save our jobs. We want to save our families. So in this Sabbath time, whether it's today or tomorrow, or another day. May we surrender into your care the job of saving. May we surrender into your care the ability to save ourselves, let alone our brothers and sisters. Our work is to embody you in our care, in our lives, in our workplaces, and thereby sharing you in ways that even we do not even see. So, Lord, bless us and feed us as we prepare to come to this, your holy table. May we be fed to rest, fed to work, fed to be comforted, and fed to know that you are with us and you will not abandon us, no matter where you find us, day after night after day, until forevermore when we are together with you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty. You are God, the creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your own image and you breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love, O oh God, remained steadfast forevermore. You delivered us from whatever captivity has held us. You made a covenant to be our God and spoke to us through your prophets who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nation shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 the Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, because your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, poor in body, mind, and spirit, to proclaim release to those who are captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed by life, by work, by disease, by depression, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to us, your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hands. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you and broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of our sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we, that we, Lord, may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, 
All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And let us, before we share, turn to the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. I invite the, the servers to come forward and we'll serve you first. There's regular and gluten-free as always and pre-packaged if that helps you to feel safer and more cared for. Please come as you feel led. All are welcome.
While we're not blind to the problems in this world, we've all taken a moment to come together today to praise a God who is great, who's given us much, and I hope we all find the joy in the work that the Lord has given to us. But one day, our greatest reward will be to meet Jesus face to face, and hopefully he will say to each one of us, well done, good and faithful servant. So I invite you to stand as we sing my reward. i 
you to just maybe close your eyes. Imagine or hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, to each and every one, and quiet, but quiet the why, quiet, just hear, well done, good and faithful servants, of God, and may you go knowing that nothing takes that away. Take it home with you. Live in that comfort. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.